Hey guys, welcome to the Bitcoin Fortress podcast, helping you increase your financial freedom. This is episode 99, recorded on January 21st, 2024. This podcast is for entertainment only, not investing advice. Do your own homework. Get started with the uh, market update and outlook. Then we'll get into the Bitcoin news. Um, kind of an interesting week in news. So, you know, of course, post the Bitcoin ETF launch, of course, a sell the news event and Bitcoin price went down. And now all the FUD and the haters uh, come parading out. So we'll talk a little bit about that and talk a little bit about some positive things to try to keep it balanced. And in the end, none of that really matters. And we'll talk about that too. Okay, market news. The stock market closed the abbreviated week on a strong note with the S&P 500 finishing at a fresh record high boosted by a rally in semiconductor stocks and other big tech names on optimism around artificial intelligence. Chip makers have posted strong gains since Taiwan Semiconductor said last week that it was seeing booming demand for high-end chips used in AI. Investors also were cheered as the University of Michigan's survey showed consumer sentiment improved in January to its strongest level since summer 2021. For the week, the Dow Jones gained 0.7%, the S&P added 1.2%, and the tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite climbed 2.3%, lifting all three major stock market averages into positive territory for the year. So it's rally time, I guess. Looking ahead, the tech sector will be in focus in the week ahead after a sizzling few sessions led by strengthened chip stocks, NVIDIA, AMD, Broadcom, Arm Holdings, and Micron Technology. Growth indicators will be in focus next week with key releases including the preliminary Q4 GDP reading in the U.S. and the global flash PMIs. Central banks will also be busy with monetary policy statements and interest rate decisions expected from the Bank of Japan, European Central Bank, and Bank of Canada. In the U.S., Federal Reserve members will be in a blackout period of no public talks ahead of the next FOMC meeting on January 30th and 31st. The earnings calendar is very busy with Tesla, Netflix, Visa, and American Airlines Group, uh, just a few of the notable companies to report. Getting into the Bitcoin news now, this is from Bitcoin.com. This is the weekend review, so some highlights of uh, some of the key uh, news items of the week. Um, and then uh, we will probably dive into one or more of these later on. Uh, first one here is recent blockchain analytics reveal that 4,000 Bitcoins valued at approximately 175 million have been transferred from addresses believed to be controlled by Grayscale's Bitcoin Trust, commonly referred to as GBTC. Uh, so we'll get into that a little later. Uh, Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, the world's largest asset manager, said he has become, quote, a big believer in Bitcoin, emphasizing that it is, quote, bigger than any government, 
calling the cryptocurrency digital gold. The, ex the executive stressed, unlike gold, where we manufacture new gold, we're almost at the ceiling of the most amount of Bitcoin that could be created. As Hong Kong strengthens its crypto regulatory framework and embraces ETFs, the Hong Kong Virtual Asset Consortium has updated its top crypto indexes, showing a preference for tokens with market performance and growing industry partnerships. Tesla CEO and SpaceX chief Elon Musk has revealed that he still owns, quote, a bunch of Dogecoin, affirming his commitment to keep buying and supporting the meme cryptocurrency. Musk additionally revealed that his company SpaceX still owns, quote, a bunch of Bitcoin. Uh, well, he's an idiot for holding Dogecoin, but we'll forgive him. Uh, next up is the Hodler's Digest from Cointelegraph for the week, uh, January 14th through 20th. Uh, first story here, United States District Judge Catherine Polk Fiella has heard arguments from the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and Coinbase on the crypto exchange's motion for dismissal of a lawsuit filed by the regulator uh, in June 2022, the hearing was held for nearly five hours and provided an extensive overview of the key arguments in courts regarding the crypto space assets and the SEC's role in regulating the industry. During the hearing, the SEC argued that buyers of tokens are also investing in the network or ecosystem behind it, indicating there is a value proposition behind a token purchase. Coinbase attorneys, however, challenged the argument, claiming that Bitcoin, described as a commodity by an SEC attorney during the hearing, is also backed by a community and has a network. Uh, next here, the parents of former FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried are seeking to have FTX's lawsuit against them dismissed, rejecting claims that they knew about the problems at the crypto exchange and knowingly benefited from misconduct at the firm. According to a court filing, lawyers representing Joseph Bankman and Barbara Freed argued that FTX's lawsuit sought to capitalize on the sheer fact that they were the parents of the former FTX CEO. In September 2023, FTX sued Bankman and Freed for allegedly exploiting their influence and access within the FTX empire to enrich themselves. Well, I think they got a condo in the Bahamas and they got all kinds of money, so I don't know. Seems like they use their relationship with their son, but I guess uh, the courts will decide that one. The newest upgrade to the Ethereum network, codenamed Cancun Demed or Denkun, has gone live on the Gurley test network. <laughs> okay, I'm just not going to read this. Who cares? United States businesses won't yet need to report cryptocurrency transactions above $10,000 to the Internal Revenue Service until the tax agency releases a regulatory framework. The decision follows a revision of the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act by the U.S. Treasury Department and the IRS. The law came into effect on January 1st and required all U.S. businesses to report crypto transactions over $10,000. However, the tax regulator has stepped back from enforcing the rule for now. The IRS said it and the Treasury intend to issue proposed regulations concerning digital asset reporting, but didn't specify when they would be introduced. 
Issuers of Bitcoin exchange-traded funds added another net 10,667 Bitcoin to their spot products on the fifth trading day amid increasing volume. Data compiled by X-Account CC15 Capital for January 17th shows that a net $440 million in Bitcoin was added to funds holdings at the end of the day. BlackRock's ETF accounted for the lion's share of the purchases with 8,700 Bitcoin, worth nearly $358 million. Uh, the data also shows that nine ETFs, excluding Grayscale, have purchased nearly 68,500 Bitcoin since their launch, currently worth around $2.8 billion. The funds also saw a 34% jump in daily volume as of the fifth day of trading. Memorable quotes. Uh, let's see. Donald Trump said, I will never allow the creation of a central bank digital currency. Uh, well, that's great. I mean, we actually probably, we know that already. Uh, we also know that from the Fed, but... Uh, that's probably not what they're going to do. It's going to be a private central bank. It'll be a private digital currency issued by the banking system uh, that will have all the surveillance that they need. In fact, they don't even really need that because I was just reading an article from Zero Hedge today that said that the federal government has been asking banks and financial institutions to scan financial records for um purchases of religious texts and uh, other things that might help them with the January 6th investigation. So it's already happening, folks. That's why we Bitcoin. We need more privacy and uh, less of this uh, surveillance business. Uh, this one from John Nahas, Senior Vice President of Business Development, Ava Labs. Most people are not comprehending the enormity of the barrier that has been lifted, making the ETF an easily investable commodity like any other. Okay. Uh, Jake Trevinsky, Chief Legal Officer at Variant, said, Today's Coinbase hearing revealed a key flaw in the SEC's legal theory. It turns nearly every asset on the planet into a security. Uh, Brad Garlinghouse, CEO of Ripple. Okay, take that for what it's worth. I think the chair of the SEC, Gary Gensler, has become a political liability in the United States. Andrew Peel, head of digital assets at Morgan Stanley, had this to say, with their increasing importance, dollar-backed stablecoins are said to have a profound impact on the financial sector, potentially reshaping how money is moved across borders. Uh, well, it's already happening. Um, so thanks, Andrew. Uh, and then finally, Sandra Carter, Chief Operating Officer at Unstoppable Domains, says the U.S. wants to be competitive in blockchain technology, but regulators are doing their utmost to prevent or control that as best they can. And prediction of the week, a Bitcoin trader who called 48,000 Bitcoin price top flags a new bearer signal. Bitcoin may have more to lose if one Bitcoin price chart pattern plays out as usual, warns veteran pseudonymous analyst Philb Philb. According to the analyst, when the three-day chart crosses below the daily 50-period simple moving average, further downside tends to result. 
uh, three-day red with a break below 50 DMA. There are a few examples of this happening in the past. In addition, financial commentator Ted Talks Macro flagged 40,000 as the next crucial level to hold. Bitcoin price action fell to 40,600 on January 19th, marking an almost 20% retreat from last week's local highs. Data from Cointelegraph, Markets Pro, and TradingView confirms various market participants view the mid-30,000 range as a potential bounce zone to come. Uh, who cares? Just uh, stay humble and stack sats. Uh, FUD of the week. Uh, lawyers representing former Celsius CEO Alex Mashinsky filed a, a motion in federal court requesting a judge drop charges related to commodities fraud and market manipulation. According to the filing, the second count of commodities fraud was repugnant and inconsistent with the first count of securities fraud based on the government's treatment of crypto. Mashinsky was indicted on seven felony counts in July 2023 and is currently free on $40 million bail. Well, he's a dirtbag, so I, I don't see how that's FUD. Uh, Manta Network experienced a widespread distributed denial of service attack amid a successful token listing on multiple exchanges on January 18th. Kenny Lee, co-founder of POX Labs, the team behind Manta Network, said the blockchain's nodes experienced over 135 million remote procedure call requests this is a very aggressive and timed attack, commented Lee, while adding that the blockchain is running safely and funds are safe. Sure they are. Communication between apps and the network was severely affected by the attack. Hmm. You never hear about that happening to the Bitcoin network. Uh, and then uh, finally, gaming retailer GameStop has warned its users that it will be phasing out its non-fungible token marketplace next month due to regulatory uncertainty. Companies said users have only two weeks remaining to access its NFT platform. However, the company assured NFT holders that the decision to further scale down its relationship with crypto will not impact their NFTs. The gaming company cited a lack of regulation as the cause for further diminishing its crypto services. In December 2022, GameStop announced a shift away from crypto initiatives following a $94.7 million net loss in Q3 and staff reductions in its digital assets department. Um, just uh, still the uh, struggling for survival, I guess, uh, GameStop, so. And that wraps that up. So moving on to the uh, next uh, article here, this is from Bitcoin.com. This was posted three days ago. <clears throat> articles entitled JP Morgan CEO advises investors to stay away from Bitcoin. My personal advice is don't get involved. The CEO of JP Morgan Chase, Jamie Dimon, once again weighed in on Bitcoin and crypto investing in an interview with CNBC on Wednesday. His comments came amid growing institutional interest in crypto with Major asset management firms like BlackRock embracing Bitcoin following the approval of spot Bitcoin exchange-traded funds by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Diamond began by stating blockchain is real. It's a technology. We use it. It's going to move money. It's going to move data. It's efficient. We've been talking about that for 12 years, too, and it's very small. Regarding cryptocurrencies, the JP Morgan boss said there are two types. 
There's a cryptocurrency which might actually do something, Diamond explained. If a cryptocurrency has an embedded smart contract in it, then we can use it to buy and sell real estate, move data that may have value, tokenizing things that you do something with. The JP Morgan executive proceeded to describe the second type of cryptocurrency, and then there's one which does nothing. I call it a pet rock, the Bitcoin, something like that, he stated, reiterating his previous statement about Bitcoin's use cases being illicit activities. So on the Bitcoin, there are use cases, AML, fraud, anti-money laundering, tax avoidance, sex trafficking. These are real use cases, and you can see it being used for maybe $50 billion, $100 billion a year for that. That is the use case. Everything else is people trading among themselves. Nonetheless, Diamond insisted, I defend your right to do Bitcoin, elaborating, my personal advices don't get involved, but I don't want to tell anyone what to do. It's a free country. When questioned about the recent involvement of major asset managers like BlackRock and Fidelity in the Bitcoin market, including BlackRock CEO Larry Fink becoming a big believer in Bitcoin, Diamond, Diamond responded, Number one, I don't care, so just please stop talking about this. And I don't know what he, Larry Fink, would say about blockchain versus currencies that do something versus Bitcoin that does nothing, but you know... This is what makes a market. People have opinions, and this is the last time I'm ever going to state my opinion. <laughs> oh, let's hope, because he really just doesn't understand what he's talking about, or he does, and he's just uh, being a retard on purpose. BlackRock launched a spot Bitcoin ETF, the iShares Bitcoin Trust, last week with JP Morgan as a lead authorized participant. Diamond has long been a vocal Bitcoin and crypto skeptic. He said in December last year that he would close crypto down if he were the government. Except if he could make money, then he doesn't care. It's like that. To me, this just tells you everything you need to know. That Wall Street will sell you anything, whether they think it makes sense or not, because they want to make money. So this just tells you like that the whole financial system is corrupt. And Jamie Dimon, he knows, he understands Bitcoin, but he doesn't want it because it it's designed to basically uh, blow up the, the traditional financial system. And that's why he FUDs on it every chance he, he can get. But if he thinks it can be captured, if he thinks he can make money, then he's he's all in. And that's that is exactly what's happening. With, with him and with uh, with these ETFs. Of course, Diamond's statements about Bitcoin drew lots of comments on social media. MicroStrategy's executive chairman, Michael Saylor, an avid Bitcoin advocate, commented on X, if you encounter a strange new asset, pet rock, circulating on a blockchain that does nothing other than allow people to own something they can't trade among themselves without fear of debasement or theft, you have just discovered digital money. Uh, so number two in the FUD department, always a favorite, Mad Money host Jim Cramer sees nasty beginning to Bitcoin sell-off. So as you know, whatever Jim Cramer says, you need to do the opposite because he's always wrong. He is just a paid shill for Wall Street. And uh, so Mad Money host Jim Cramer weighed in on the Bitcoin price outlook several times this week, particularly focusing on how the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission's approval of a spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund could affect its trajectory. Kramer is a former hedge fund manager who co-founded TheStreet.com, a financial news and literacy website. 
The price of Bitcoin pushed above 47,000 in anticipation of the SEC approving spot Bitcoin ETFs. However, after the approval, it plunged to a new low of nearly 40,000 on Friday. At the time of writing, Bitcoin has slightly recovered and is trading at 41589 Commenting on the Bitcoin price decline, Kramer wrote on social media platform X Thursday, nasty beginning to the Bitcoin sell-off. Someone's probably going to try to make a stand here, but as we said last night, you can't have an asset double in value by hundreds of billions of dollars in anticipation of an ETF, and then almost no one shows up, the Mad Money Coast host added. In a follow-up post on Friday, he opined, you knew they would make a stand on Bitcoin here. Let them try to hold it up for a couple of days. Many people challenged Kramer's statement, arguing that the launch of spot Bitcoin ETFs was far from a flop. It was the biggest ETF launch of all times, one wrote. Others noted that Bitcoin ETFs had already surpassed silver as the second largest commodity ETF and witnessed massive inflows in just a few days. <clears throat> Many ex-users view Kramer's bearish statements about Bitcoin's price as a bullish sign. The Kramer effect has become a popular meme in the crypto world, with many observing that Bitcoin often does the opposite of what Kramer predicts. If he's bullish, expect a bear swing and vice versa. While maintaining his skepticism, Kramer stated on Wednesday that he's not necessarily against investing in Bitcoin. The Mad Money host proceeded to reference J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon, who said this week that he won't tell people what to invest in, but his personal advice is to stay away from Bitcoin. I'm taking a page from Jamie Dimon here. This is a caveat emptor situation. You can make up your own mind about what to do with these spot Bitcoin ETPs, exchange-traded products. I just want to make sure you know what exactly you might be putting your money in and how little went into these funds versus how much Bitcoin went up, Kramer described. Referencing SEC Chair Gary Gensler stating that the regulator's approval of spot Bitcoin ETFs doesn't, doesn't mean an endorsement of Bitcoin, Kramer stressed, I'm not as stridently against these new investment vehicles as Gary Gensler is. At this point, Bitcoin's been around for 15 years. It's fairly well established, and I don't want to try to stop anyone from speculating in this stuff as long as they do their research. Of course, I'm not totally sure what your research would be, but that's not my problem. Last week, Kramer said Bitcoin is topping out. The prior week, he said Bitcoin cannot be killed, and it's a technological marvel, and that it's here to stay. So once again, um, don't take your investing advice from Jim Kramer. He's completely retarded. Uh, Peter Schiff, another one of our favorite retards. Uh, predicts Bitcoin bloodbath, expects SEC Chair Gary Gensler to include, to introduce new owners crypto regulations. Economist and gold bug Peter Schiff, a vocal Bitcoin skeptic, uh, in fact, he's kind of like a broken record, uh, and there's so many memes about him because he's declared Bitcoin dead, I think, every year for the last 15 years has shared his predictions on crypto regulations and Bitcoin's price outlook following United States Securities and Exchange Commission approval of spot Bitcoin exchange traded funds. He wrote on social media platform X on Tuesday, since Gary Gensler was backed into a corner on spot Bitcoin ETF approval, I think he will soon introduce new onerous crypto regulations that will substantially increase the cost of Bitcoin transactions further undermining its use case, and he puts use in quotes, resulting in a sharp decline in price. Now, he's probably not wrong. 
um, you know, that the U.S. might want to put a lot of uh, regulations, rules, things around sovereign use of Bitcoin um, to try to drive people into the ETFs as really the only, the easiest way to invest in Bitcoin. But it's the wrong way to invest in Bitcoin because you don't, you don't control it. So, and this is, and so a lot of people, you know, there's these phases, you know, first they mock you and then they fight you and then you win. Uh, then they join you, then then you, then you win. Uh, we're definitely in the then they fight you phase. And so, uh, again, he's probably not wrong and uh, it's going to get a lot harder to buy, uh, hold, and be self-sovereign with Bitcoin, but we all just need to know that. And, uh, you know, regardless of the price, the value proposition is nobody can take the money, nobody can take your Bitcoin away from you, and you can send it to whoever the hell you want. And that is the value proposition that, to me, is is priceless. I, I can't put a price on that. So... Uh, but it will get tougher. So he's not wrong about that. But, you know, like Jim Cramer, like Jamie Dimon, Peter Schiff doesn't understand Bitcoin. Or if he does, he just looks at it as a speculation and a trade and one that he's not interested in because he's interested in gold. And I don't have a problem with gold. I think gold's fine. You should own some gold. You should own some silver, too. Why not? You know, it's just a lot harder to use in a sovereign way. Um, this, you know, here's the silver coin. Okay. Thanks. What is, what's it worth? <laughs> you know, how are you going to get change? You know, that kind of thing. It just doesn't really work in a digital world, but it's good to have. So I, I'm not against gold or silver, but I do think that uh, Peter Schiff is kind of retarded on Bitcoin. Anyway. Back to the article. Gensler previously stated that most crypto tokens other than Bitcoin are securities, noting that SEC chairman may even change his mind on Bitcoin, as Schiff stressed in a follow-up post. My thought is that new regulations will relate to AML, not securities law. Um, and he's right. I think about that. Many users on X replied to Schiff's post to express their opinions. One emphasized, I wouldn't call Gensler being required to stay lawful being backed into a corner. <laughs> Others question how Gensler could possibly raise Bitcoin transaction costs. Gary Gensler controls the Bitcoin mempool. One wrote, another user opined, how can Gary and the SEC increase the cost of Bitcoin transactions? Are they going to spend a lot of money on bidding for block space? And again, that's not the correct take at all. It's They're right. These people are right that, that the Bitcoin network establishes the price of Bitcoin transactions. I think what Schiff is saying is that the friction you know, the ability maybe to buy Bitcoin uh, using fiat on and off ramps to buy and sell Bitcoin is going to get harder. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess if, if they have to charge fees, then perhaps the, the, the cost of buying Bitcoin uh, from uh, one of these uh, providers could go up. But um, uh, I think the there's certainly going to be more friction introduced into the sovereign use of uh, buying, holding, and using Bitcoin for sure. Uh, and it's going to be anti-money laundering, terrorism, 
child trafficking, you name it, it's all the same old garbage. Several users highlighted Gensler's past statements on Bitcoin as a commodity. One mentioned Gary Gensler has repeatedly stated that Bitcoin is a commodity. It will be hard for him at the SEC to regulate even on the on-ramps and off-ramps unless those on-ramps and off-ramps deal in unregistered securities. SEC enforces securities laws and protects investors in securities. The same user noted, adding that anti-money laundering regulations are covered more broadly by other agencies, such as the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. Uh, next is uh, from Coindesk. This article was posted on January 18th. Grayscale's GBTC could see another $1.5 billion in sales from ARB traders, JP, according to JP Morgan. Uh, Bitcoin has dropped over 15% since the inaugural launch of spot exchange-traded funds last week, with several billion in assets flowing out of Grayscale's GBTC. While a chunk of those billions has been from investors moving to lower-fee ETFs, uh, it's true because Grayscale is still charging, I think, I want to say one and a half percent. Most of the other ETFs are down in the 0.25 to 0.2, you know, uh, percent range. Uh, and a lot of them are waiving the fees until August or something like that. So um, anyway, while a chunk of those billions has been from investors moving to lower fee ETFs and another chunk from investors taking profits on GBTCs and Bitcoin's absolute price rise, at least some of that money is due to traders exiting what's likely been a very profitable bet that GBTC's discount to net asset value would narrow. Yes, and so just so those of you who don't know this, um, GBTC was a was a closed end fund, which means that the uh, net asset value can differ, uh, meaning the value of what they actually hold uh, per unit can differ from the market trading price. And at one point. It was something like fifty percent, uh, you know. So, in other words, they had, say, I'll just pick a number: hundred dollars of Bitcoin in the in the trust, and the it was trading as if they only had fifty. And so, there were a lot of uh, speculators that jumped in on that, uh, betting on that the ETFs would get approved, <clears throat> and that that discount would go away. So. Um, you get an instant, you know, uh, basically doubling 100% profit on top of whatever price increase Bitcoin would enjoy during that period of time. So it was definitely a speculation that some people jumped into. Um, and there were also people that had bought that, you know, maybe when the discount was much lower or even when it was a premium and they were probably just waiting to get out. And that's probably a lot of what is happening with the uh, selling. It looks like GBTC investors who over the past year have been buying the GBTC fund at a significant discount to NAV to position for its eventual ETF conversion have been taking full profit post ETF conversion by exiting the Bitcoin space entirely rather than shifting to cheaper spot Bitcoin ETFs analysts led by Nicholas Panagertskalu wrote. Before being uplisted to an ETF from a trust, GBTC was one, uh, one of the only ways for stock investors in the U.S. to gain exposure 
to the price movements of Bitcoin without the need to purchase the actual cryptocurrency that made it the largest regulated Bitcoin fund in the world by assets under management. The bank had previously estimated that up to $3 billion had been invested in GBTC in the secondary market during 2023 to exploit the trust discount to NAV. If this estimate is correct, and given that $1.5 billion is already exited, there could be an additional $1.5 billion to exit the space via profit-taking on GBTC, which will put further pressure on Bitcoin prices in the coming weeks. These outflows are also putting pressure on GBTC to lower its fees. The report said adding that GBTC fee at 1.5% still looks too high compared to other spot Bitcoin ETFs risking further outflows. A lot more capital, perhaps an additional 5 to $10 billion could exit GBTC if it loses its liquidity advantage, the bank cautioned. Um, as of Friday, GBTC is the most expensive ETF among counterparts, with some charging zero fees for the first six months or until a certain assets under management target is reached. JP Morgan says other spot Bitcoin ETFs minus GBTC attracted $3 billion of inflows in only four days, and this is comparable to the inflows seen during previous Bitcoin product launches. Most of this $3 billion of inflows reflects a rotation from existing Bitcoin vehicles, such as future-based ETFs, uh, the report added. In fact, I think last week, one of the... Um, one of the issuers of a Bitcoin ETF is actually closing their other product, which is the futures ETF, because it's just not good for investors. I mean, really, none of the ETFs are good. You should just buy Bitcoin, hold it in cold storage, but can't stop the market. Um, okay, so we got through the FUD. Now let's see what, uh, let's see the hopium. So... First uh, article here is from Decrypt. This was posted uh, on January 19th. You can see the demand out there for Bitcoin, according to the Franklin Templeton CEO. Despite calling Bitcoin the greatest distraction from blockchain, which she described as one of the greatest disruptions in financial services, Franklin Templeton president and CEO Jenny Johnson said she's still on board. A lot of people took that as I'm not a believer in Bitcoin, Johnson told CNBC. And yet, launching this ETF, you can see, obviously, the demand is out there for Bitcoin, and I think there's a lot of reasons why that is. As an example, she pointed to the increasingly prevalent capability to pay for things with Bitcoin. Blockchain technology is going to open up a lot of really interesting types of investment opportunities, Johnson said. Calling Bitcoin just one of a suite of investment possibilities, Johnson noted Franklin Templeton created a tokenized fund on the Stellar blockchain, which the investment firm launched in 2021. That same year, Franklin Templeton said in a filing with the SEC, plans to raise $20 million for a blockchain venture fund. Launched in 1947, Franklin Templeton is a global investment firm offering asset management and fund services to individuals and institutions. The firm currently has over $1.4 trillion under management. Earlier this year, Franklin Templeton said its NASDAQ-listed on-chain U.S. government money fund would use the Ethereum scaling network Polygon to be further compatible with the rest of the digital ecosystem. However, Franklin Templeton's involvement in blockchain goes back to 2019 when the global asset manager partnered with institutional wallet provider Curve to manage digital shares on the Stellar blockchain. 
Echoing recent comments by BlackRock CEO Larry Fink, Johnson said a factor in the continued interest in Bitcoin is its hedge against oppressive governments, saying that as she traveled the world, she would hear stories of people keeping 50% of their savings in Bitcoin because of fear of their fiat money being confiscated because of saying the wrong things. And she doesn't even talk about inflation. That's the, the best way to confiscate. Uh, there's a fear component to it, Johnson said. Bitcoin is considered almost an insurance or safety component, but I also think it's really important to be feeling what is the next real opportunity in the blockchain world. Johnson said Bitcoin ETFs are attractive to investors because they do not have to deal with managing private keys, which are technically complex to manage and give direct access to the investor's Bitcoin holdings. It's really complicated. I did it at one point, and then I was trying to actually figure out how to get back in, and it's hard, Johnson said. So being able to open it up and have access to that through an ETF and just simply through your brokerage account is a much better way to access it. Well, I don't agree with her on that. I think it's not that hard to hold your own keys and manage it. You just have to do a little bit of homework, and uh, you also have to retrain yourself in terms of how we're taught to think we're taught to think that financial institutions are better and more capable at holding our money than we are ourselves and that's just not true johnson emphasized the firm's expertise and in active investment strategies which are available in various forms including mutual funds and etfs so good she talked up her own book you are seeing a lot more actively managed ETFs, and that's a space we're very focused on. Last week, the U.S. SEC approved several spot Bitcoin ETFs, including applications by Franklin Templeton, BlackRock, Grayscale, and Van Eck. On Wednesday, the Franklin Templeton Twitter account hinted at the firm's future plans involving Ethereum and Solana. On Solana, we see Anatoly's vision of a single atomic state machine as a powerful use case of decentralized blockchains, lowering information asymmetry, they said. Despite the midlife crisis it's recently experienced, we see a bright future with many strong tailwinds to push the Ethereum ecosystem forward, the account said. I guess when they're talking about Solana, they're talking about them having to reboot the blockchain multiple times, which... It's just ridiculous. Like, why? It's never happened to Bitcoin before. Uh, while a Franklin Templeton spokesperson de declined to comment on the firm's future offerings, they told Decrypt that the company continuously monitors developments in digital assets. We cannot comment on any potential future fund offerings, but we can say that we're continuously monitoring developments in the digital assets and ETF ecosystems for opportunities to diversify our off. Uh, so basically, Franklin Templeton's a shitcoiner. Just remember that and uh, don't buy the ETF. Uh, next is from, uh, let's see, Zycrypto. This article was posted on January 20th. A little bit more hopium. ARK Invest CEO Kathy Wood reaffirms Bitcoin bet, predicts price to hit $1.5 million by 2030. In a bold move, ARK Invest CEO Kathy Wood has reaffirmed her bet on Bitcoin, predicting that the cryptocurrency's price could surge up to $1.5 million by 2030. Wood's optimistic forecast comes on the heels of the recent approval of the spot Bitcoin ETF earlier this week, signaling a significant development in the cryptocurrency market. 
During an interview with CNBC this week, the Wall Street expert stated she expects Bitcoin's price to surge past half a million by 2030. Our base case is in the $600,000 range. Our bull case, we think the probability of the bull case has increased with this SEC approval. Our bull case is $1.5 million by 2030, said Wood. She further emphasized the conservative nature of their projections and highlighted Bitcoin's role as the first global decentralized digital rules-based monetary system in history. Wood further expressed the belief that the approval of the Bitcoin ETF by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission serves as a green light increasing the probability of achieving her bullish price target. She also addressed the potential evolution of Bitcoin from a digital asset to a currency, aligning with the three traditional roles of money, namely store value, means of exchange, and unit of account. Notably, other experts in the field have also expressed bullish sentiments regarding Bitcoin's short-term prospects. In a separate interview with CNBC, Fundstrap managing partner Tom Lee predicted that Bitcoin could reach over $100,000 in the next 12 months, possibly hitting half a million within five years. I think in the next 12 months, something over 100,000, you know, maybe over 150, you know, in the next five years again, it's, you know, there's a finite supply, but now we have a potentially huge increase in demand, he said. However, despite these optimistic forecasts, the market response to the ETF approval has been underwhelming, the Bitcoin, with Bitcoin experiencing a sharp decline of over 12% since Wednesday. Notably, renowned analyst Ali Martinez pointed to concerning signs highlighting the inter-exchange flow pulse falling below its 90-day average. Historically, this indicator has preceded bearish turns in the crypto market, which means Bitcoin is likely to pull back further, uh, which is great. We actually like uh, pullbacks because, uh, especially if you're stacking every uh, uh, on a regular basis, you can get cheap coins. Earlier on Saturday, the pundit also pointed to a weekly Bitcoin candlestick that draws attention due to its bearish rejection wick. He further re referenced the TD sequential indicator presenting a sell signal, suggesting a potential correction of one to four weekly candlesticks before Bitcoin resumes its upward trend. That said. Despite this disparity in viewpoints among experts on price, a consensus emerges that the approval of the spot Bitcoin ETF holds positive implications for the long-term prospects of the entire cryptocurrency market. Bitcoin was trading at 41629 at press time, reflecting a 0.32% drop over the past 24 hours. And uh, finally, we have an article from... Uh, Bitcoin Magazine, this was posted on January 18th, Bitcoin surpasses silver to become second largest ETF commodity in the U.S. Bitcoin exchange traded funds have surpassed silver ETFs in the United States, securing their position as the second largest ETF commodity in terms of assets under management. Surge in popularity of Bitcoin ETF signals a growing acceptance of Bitcoin as a mainstream investment vehicle. Uh, as reported by The Block, Bitcoin's ascent to becoming the second largest ETF commodity in the U.S. marks a significant milestone for the Bitcoin market. This achievement is attributed to the increasing demand from institutional and retail investors seeking exposure to Bitcoin. Silver, which has $11.5 in assets under management across five silver ETFs, was passed by spot Bitcoin ETFs, which now hold over $28 billion, less than a week after going live. 
Bitcoin ETFs have exceeded silver ETFs in the U.S. in terms of size, driven by the substantial market interest they've received, Bitfinex head of derivatives Jag Kuhner told the block. The level of trading reflects the pent-up demand for these products, and we expect that it will lead to increased liquidity and stability in the market. This development is particularly noteworthy given silver's traditional status as a prominent commodity investment. The rise of Bitcoin ETFs to the second position underscores Bitcoin's maturation within the financial markets, gaining credibility and recognition as a formidable investment option. Investors' growing appetite for Bitcoin ETFs reflects a broader trend of diversification within portfolios and a recognition of the unique value proposition offered by Bitcoin. As the Bitcoin market continues to evolve, the achievement of surpassing silver ETFs solidifies Bitcoin's position as a major player in the global financial landscape. And that about wraps it up. Uh, did want to mention this week's Substack post. And by the way, I'll include links to all the articles in the show notes if you want to read them for yourself, uh, including this uh, featured Substack uh, that I just posted yesterday, Bitcoin a catalyst for global financial freedom and individual sovereignty, lions, not sheep. So check it out. And uh, while you're there, subscribe. It's free. And thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please like and leave a comment. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Uh, I'm also on Fountain where you can earn sats just for listening. That's where I do all mine now. Uh, you can also follow my Substack. It's located at bitcoinfortress.substack.com. And you can follow me on Noster. Don't look for me on Twitter. X, don't look for me on anything else. I'm not there. I'm only on Noster. And I will talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>